Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Happy Sunday to everyone. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everything that has breath, praise ye the Lord. So, how is everyone doing today? As you can tell, I am very bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Well, not exactly. I am a little tired, which I have been of late, but I say praise the Lord. And the reason why I'm so excited today, of all of you that that really know me have heard me say this numerous of times, I love this time of the year, not because of the weather. Don't get me wrong. I do enjoy a nice, cool, crisp fall morning, but that's not the reason why I'm excited. The reason why I'm excited is, is because we turn the clocks back. (laughs) I love daylight savings time when we fall back what I I hate to give up my hour when we spring forward falling back today today is going to be the most glorious day you want to know why because we get our time back we get to relax anything we want to do it's gonna to today is going to seem like it's lasting forever and that's what I love about falling back that's what I love about turning the clocks back because on this one day whatever you want to do it's going to seem like time is just floating for you and that's why I'm so excited and so happy I can hardly wait to get this day started (laughs) but enough about me and my indulgences with the falling back I hope everybody's doing good. I hope everybody is ex- ex- I hope everyone is as excited as I am about today. Just having another day to breathe air. Another day to just give thanks and be grateful for who you are, for where you are, for what you have. For the people in your life, the people around you, there's just so much to be grateful for, right? And I don't think we take enough time to really acknowledge how grateful we all really should be, right? So today, let's do that. With the extra hour that we have, with the falling back that we've done, let's just relax or we didn't fall back the time fell back so let's just relax with it enjoy it and let's just take that extra time to be grateful today so today on the show I wanted to deal with addiction now addiction is a biopsychosocial disorder characterized 
by compulsive engagement in rewarding stimuli despite adverse consequences. Now, did all of you understand that? Meaning, addiction is a repetitive response to wanting to obtain wanting to obtain enjoyment or pleasure regardless of what the consequences are going to be, right? That's exactly what that meaning said to me. Today's world is filled with people that are suffering with or suffering from various addictions, right? It is so prevalent in today's society that they've now looked at addiction as being a disease, right? And addiction, they look at it as being a disease because it changes how the brain responds in situations involving rewards, stress, and self-control, right? These changes are long-term and can persist well after the person has stopped using whatever they were addicted to. And now I don't want people to become fooled or deceived, right? Let's not be deceived with the fact of, because whenever you say the word addiction, the first thing people want to think about is, oh, drugs or alcohol, right? But it's not always just drugs and alcohol. And the reason why people go to that so quickly is because that's the, uh, the appearance of that addiction is it's just easier to spot if you see someone who's addicted to drugs or someone who is addicted to alcohol their outward appearance and we're going to get into that as one of the symptoms of right but the the appearance is the first thing that you notice so once you see that you're automatically oh you know they're an addict but can i tell you that the most innocent looking person can actually also be an addict. Addiction could be to anything, not just drugs and alcohol. You could be addicted to sexual behavior. You could be addicted to food. You could be addicted to video games. You can be addicted to gambling. You can be addicted to anything. You can pick up an addiction to anything. And that's why I wanted to talk about it today, because there are so many people that are walking around with addictions and you need to be able to recognize if you yourself are falling into a pattern of becoming addicted to something, right? So today's topic is recognizing when you are becoming addicted. Now, if you remember at the top of the show, I gave the definition of addiction, right? And I said it was the biopsychosocial, what did I say it was? What word was that? They put it all together. I broke it up because I wanted to give the definition of each one of them. Oh, it was the biopsychosocial disorder, right? But those three words, 
broken down. One, biology, which is the study of life. Psychology, which is the study of the mind. And the social, the social part is the study of population, humans, their environment. So they're saying those three, they put those three studies together, formed one word, biopsychosocial disorder to give a meaning to what addiction is. So now have that with that meaning, you can see how it spans way beyond just drugs and alcohol. Because if you have to take the study of life, the study of the mind and the study of how people live amongst each other and their environment and the effects that it may have on individuals, then that covers everyone. That covers everyone under the same umbrella. So that's why it was so important that I talk about this today, especially post-COVID, because with all of the, everyone wants to talk about the mental health, the mental health, the, you know, the whole isolation. And can I just, can I just put this out there? What COVID did, and if everyone hasn't realized it as yet, which I'm sure many of you have, COVID just pulled back the covers, pulled back the rug, pulled back the curtains on topics, situations, subjects that we as individuals had been trying to hide, cover, and deny or dismiss for years, right? And I'm talking about collectively, as a population collectively, and individually, just in our own everyday living. So when you think about it, this whole topic of being addicted, when you were home alone, you saw what patterns that you had fallen into or what you were capable of falling into, which would expose you to being an addict, right? Things that you were doing that you would have never even thought that you would do or now can't stop doing showed you how you too had a tendency to be addicted to something. So it's not just like I said, the person walking around that appears to look like, oh, they're a drug addict. Oh, they're an alcoholic. No, addiction goes way deeper, way deeper than what people want to admit. So that's why today we're gonna talk about the different forms of behavior that if you see yourself falling into that tendency, not that you have cause for alarm, but if it gives you something to think about, that's what we're about here, right? Always giving us something to think about. So we're going to start with the signs, right? And the first sign is secrecy, right? When, be when a person becomes or is becoming addicted to something, they want to hide it. And that's just a natural tendency. And it's not like they want to hide it because they think they're becoming addicted. No, they are hiding it because 
they don't know if people are going to accept the fact that they're doing this all the time. Now, in the beginning, they might say, depending on who it is, depending on what it is, they might mention it. If it's a group of friends that you hang out with and you go for drinks, right? And you might go to a party and you might indulge in some illicit drugs, right? I don't know. Eating gummies. I don't know. Eating um, brownies that are baked with certain substances. I don't know. But I'm just saying, you do that. You do it one time. You do it a couple of times. And, you know, it's fun. It's cute. It's something that you did. You, you did it for that one time or you had a girl's trip or you had a guy's trip. Whatever. You did it. So now the time has passed, but you find yourself, you know, oh, I want to do that again. I had fun. All right, so you guys may do it again, but you might not do it with the same people because here it is now. You don't want these people to think, oh, you know, they're doing that too much or they like doing that or, and that's why I said it's not even just drugs. It's not even drugs alone. It's, if it were that you indulged in some type of deviant behavior, right? And when it, when everyone was doing it, it was cute. You know, it was fun. We did it for that. Time has passed. Let's move on. But you still find yourself drawn to it. You know, I like that. That's where the secrecy comes in. Because if you find yourself wanting to do it and you don't think everybody else around you wants to do it, then that's when you start doing it and you start keeping it as a secret. Okay. So that's the first sign. Second sign, mood swings, right? Now see mood swings, mood swings fall under a category with so many different behaviors, right? Mood swings could be with mental, they always say with mental disorders, they have mood swings. They say if, um, if you don't get enough sleep, you can have a mood swing. If you have too much caffeine, it's a mood swing. So mood swings is a very general, I'll say general term, but how you can tell when it's in a, attached to an addictive behavior or an addiction is because the mood swings are erratic. The person will be extremely happy, right? very happy, you know, just always happy, go lucky, happy, go lucky. And then the next time you run into them, they are so deeply depressed. And you're like, well, what's going on? And I'm not saying that you can't go from happy to sad because me, myself, I've been accused of having mood swings. I've been accused of having mood swings. But what I'll say is it's not so much that I have mood swings, to people who aren't around me all the time, they'll say, oh, she's having a mood swing. But if you know me, you know I'm not having a mood swing because I can be happy, but if at the next point I'm annoyed, my usually my character will become annoyed at a situation that I've, I've dealt with over a number or period of time and I'm to the point where I've had enough of it. So in that instance, someone who doesn't know the background story of it would look at it as, oh, she's having a mood swing. But the person that, the person that is, that knows me that might be experiencing me at that moment, 
if they know the background, then they'll say, if they want to take the time. Because see, that's a whole lot of stuff there too that I don't even want to unpack right now. Either way, mood swings. When someone goes from happy to sad, you know, just from one instance to the next, right there within the same, you know, you're, you're in the same space. They're just going from happy to sad, happy to sad. To me, that's a mood swing. A mood swing is not someone who's happy today and maybe two days later they might be sad. That's not a mood swing. Someone who's standing right there in front of you that, yes, they go from zero to 60, happy to sad, that's a mood swing. So that's one of the behaviors you have to look out for. Personal appearance, as I had said once before, we always want to look at someone who is disheveled, you know, unkept. Uh, they might have been someone who kept themselves up very well and now they appear to be not really caring how they look when they go out. That's a sign of someone who's falling into an addiction of any sort because it could be, all right, if it's an eating disorder, you know, they... They're starting to put on weight. And even though they were starting to put on weight, they were still keeping themselves up. But now they're starting to put on weight and they could just, you know, they care less how they look. Oh, I'm just going to wear this as long as it's covering me or, you know, because they know what's making them look the way they look. And if they're not going to stop the behavior that's making them look the way they look, of course, they just don't care. They just want to cover it up. It could be with, like I said, deviant behavior. Their appearance will will change. You'll notice that some people, you'll see somebody and then you haven't seen them in a long time. And just your spirit will pick up. You'll be like, hmm, they look different. There was just something about them that was different. And you really wasn't paying attention to it. You know, you're just like, oh, wow, there was just something about them. You know, they just look so different. Because let me tell you something, when you engage in any type of behavior that is obsessive, it does change the way you look physically. And like I said, it doesn't always have to be that you're disheveled or your clothes or your hair or whatever is messed up. It does change the way you look, because if you're not walking around in your light and it's your light that makes you appear a certain, a certain way, if you're not walking around in your light, yes, when people see you, you're going to look different when your light starts to dim, when darkness starts to overcome you or overshadow you. Yes, you're going to appear different. So personal appearances, yes, you can notice that with someone who might be falling into an addiction, right? Another sign. When doing what becomes, no, what would have been normal to you no longer brings you joy, right? Anything that you would have loved to do that you no longer take interest in. It's just, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not that important. It's not relevant because you'd rather be doing the other thing that's now drawing you, right? Another sign, the inability to keep commitments, right? You're supposed to show up someplace. People are depending you to be somewhere. You promise to do something and you can't. You're always making an excuse of why you can't or why you're not available or how come it's, you know, why it's not a good time right now. That's a sign, right? Another sign, 
always involved in some sort of drama, whether it be legal, whether it be an argument with something, whether it just be a situation that was just blown out of proportion. There's just always some drama around this individual. I don't care what it is. It's something that is just never any peace. There's just never any peace when it comes to this individual. There's always something popping off as what the kids say now, right? There's always something popping off with this person. That's a sign, right? And then evidence of evidence of whatever the addiction is being left around. If it's drugs, of course, you know, we see the paraphernalia. If it's alcohol, we see the, of course, the bottles, right? But if it's food, sometimes we'll see remnants of fast food all, all over the place or just food. Because usually people that have an addiction with food, they're not home cooking, okay? They're not, from what I can understand and from what I recall, and if they are cooking, they're not cooking every meal. See, if you have an addiction to food, yes, you may love to cook and you like to eat everything that you cook, but you're not going to be in the kitchen 24 hours a day cooking. People who have an addiction to anything, they want that, that satisfaction quickly. And anybody that knows anything about cooking, you can't cook anything quick. Anything that's worth really wanting to overindulge in, you can't cook it quick, right? So if when you have a food addiction, just giving it as an example, most of the time you'll see that they're always ordering food or they they have cakes or pies or just there's snacks all over. It's just always, there's always stuff around to be eaten. And now that I'm thinking about it, I got to check myself because I used to have a lot of snacks and cakes around. <laughs> but I digress. But I'm just saying, the evidence is always left behind of whatever the addiction is, right? If it's video games, you'll always see, you know, the house will be full of games, you know, gaming systems. If it's gambling, it'll be receipts from bets that have been placed. It'll be lotto tickets. It'll be the scratch-off tickets, you know, things of that nature. And what I'm say, trying to say is when you see yourself surrounded by an, an enormous amount of anything, right? Addiction to buying shoes. You have like 10 closets in your house and they're all full of shoes. That should give you a little indication of, hmm... I might be addicted to shoes or pocketbooks or towels or anything. That's why I'm saying an addiction could be from the most dangerous of like what really cause you physical and mental harm to the slightest of, well, I just like to collect rocks. You know what I'm saying? It can be anything. That's why we're talking about it, just so that you can see where some people label it, oh, they're just obsessed with. No, it doesn't always have to be an obsession with it. It could be an obsession with it, but it could also be an addiction because the difference between the two is the addiction gives you the satisfaction. And that's what draws you to wanting to continue to do that sort of behavior, whatever the behavior is. You're looking for the satisfaction. It's that stimuli that you're looking for to satisfy oneself. That's why it's argumentative whether addiction is 
a disease or if it's just by choice. Because if it's a disease, then okay, it's something that psychologically we can't control. But if it's by choice, then is addiction actually just our inability to suppress our desires because we just constantly want to feel good all of the time, right? I mean, it's just something to think about. I don't want to get into the debate of whether it's a disease or whether it's just something that we're, we want to just constantly do because we don't want to lack self-pleasure. That's for you to decide. That's for you to come to that conclusion within yourself, which one is it for you? And you know, as we always say, there is nothing new under the sun, right? So this whole concept of addiction and self-pleasure and overindulgence, it didn't just start now. It's been going on forever since the beginning of the world, right? since the beginning of time, right? And I'm going to give you a couple of Bible verses to show you how it has been going on and people have been trying to battle the same thing that we're trying to battle today back then. First John 2 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, it's not of the father, but of this world. So they knew back then they had those things that they had to, to overcome. Like when I was talking about the addiction to, you know, deviant behavior or the lust of the eyes, addiction to food, right? Things of that nature. And here's another one for you. First Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Right there. He's telling you people have been doing it forever. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And that right, First Corinthians 10, 13 is letting you know, whatever is Whatever you feel you're battling, whatever you feel you're addicted to, whatever you feel you're trying to overcome or resist and withstand, it's not new. You're not the only one dealing with it. There are thousands who may be dealing with it. There were thousands before you that have dealt with it, right? But God is faithful, right? And He's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you can't handle. So that right there lets you know you have a choice. You have a choice if you want to keep indulgent in that behavior. You have a choice if you want to keep taking that drink, taking that drug, eating that extra whatever it is, indulging in that deviant behavior. You have a choice, right? And he's telling you, not only will you not be tempted beyond it and you have a choice, but with the temptation, meaning that even when you're drawn to it. So see, the Bible uses the word temptation and temptation. We could just as easily change the word in there and say addiction, because if you're tempted to do something over and over and over, like we said, from the behavior, you've become addicted, right? So he's saying here in this verse, 
even with the temptation, even with the addiction, there's a way of escape. You don't have to indulge. You don't have to indulge, right? And last one I want to give you is 1 Corinthians 6, 12 to 13. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. You see what that's saying? All things are lawful. Like I said, it starts out as girls night out, guys night out. Ooh, let's do this. Ooh, let's have that. Right? But I will not be brought under the power of it. Meaning that I won't allow this, whatever it is, whatever action I'm doing to overpower me and now become something that I have to continue to do, right? So that those three scriptures, I thought with, and there's several of them in the Bible. There's several, you'll see several. And if you just read through it, people were tempted all the time. People were tempted all the time. And the most famous one, which I always, I, it always comes to my mind when I start thinking about, oh, I'm overdoing something too much, is when Paul said, I do the things that I wish that I would not do. Right? He said it. He's constantly doing something that he wished that he would not do, that he knew he should not be doing. Okay, I went and found the scripture because to me, as soon as I was sitting here talking about it with the other scriptures, it just popped into my spirit. And this one, I believe, breaks it down to the simplest form for everyone to understand how easy it is for us to become addicted and for us to be addicted and not even realize that we are addicted. Romans 7, 14 to 20. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good. I do not find for the good that I will to do. I do not do, but the evil I will not to do that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. And I know to some of you, you're like, what is she talking about? For those of you who don't understand what Paul was talking about, to break it down in plain language, he was saying straight out, what causes you to do what you don't want to do when you do it compulsively, obsessively, is the sin that is within you. And it's not a bad thing to say that the sin is within you because sin is within everyone. So when you say the sin that is within you, it's not like you're being pointed out or separated from. Everybody is full of sin. Everybody, even the most practiced Christian 
is full of sin. Even, and I know this might be blasphemy if I say it, right? But let's just keep it real. Even some pastors, some clergymen sin because we're all human. We're all human. There was only one that was sinless and we know that was Christ. But anybody else who wants to act like they're sinless is lying to themselves. Paul says it right here. We constantly do what we don't want to do, right? We constantly do what we don't want to do. But the things that we should do, we don't do. That right there, that, that scripture, those scriptures that I just read, Romans 7, 14 to 20. And he was saying that in comparison to the law. So you have to read the entire chapter. But with this one, I could take this one out of context and use it in the topic that we're talking about today, because this is an example of why we become so addicted, why we want to keep self-indulging, why we want to continue the behavior that we continue to do, right? Right? So I just thought we would touch upon that today, give everybody something to think about on this nice fall Sunday morning. Are you addicted to anything? Is there something in your life that gives you pleasure that you just don't want to give up, right? And it doesn't have to be that, oh my gosh, I got to have it, I got to have it. No, but in your mind, you're like, mm, no, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that because that's what I want to do and that's what I like to do. And even when you, when you have to justify to yourself why you want to do something and you're talking to yourself, why it's okay to continue to do something, that might be a sign that you're addicted, right? Just something to think about. And with that, we're going to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. Still my heart away 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. And Op-Ed, I'm going to keep it really brief. I'm going to keep it really brief this week because I I don't want to beat a dead horse, right? But I just want to let you guys know that everything that that we discussed when it came to the COVID vaccine, yes, I'm back on that again because COVID is COVID is is here, people, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon if we keep doing what we're doing. But I just wanted to let everyone know. I mean, and I'm sure everyone is aware already anyway. How now the government, right? The government is mandating, right? Not just New York, not just Bill De Blasio. The government is mandating that their employees be vaccinated. And one of my dear closest friends, right? My sister in Christ, she works for the government. And she let me know that they were told that they needed to be vaccinated by November the end of November, the end of this month, right? Current employees who are not fully vaccinated by the end of this month will be subject to administrative action, which may include suspension, termination, right? And, and get this, future employees, full COVID-19 vaccination is required for all new hires appointed to job vacancies posted after October 7, 2021. Okay? So you people can dance around the issue of I'm not taking it. They don't they not going to control me. They not they're going to control you. And it's not even a control. See, I shouldn't have said that because now I'm feeding into the mass hysteria. It's not a control. But it has become a control because now you're making them mandate you, whereas before it was voluntary. Before it should have been something that, you know what, let's take this because we want to get rid of this disease. We want to just make it something where we don't have to keep thinking about it over and over and over at its various um, variants, right? Because, oh, did y'all also hear, did you also hear that someone was leaking information from Russia? Because, you know, Putin has everything ironclad down. The numbers of people dying in Russia from the variant. They're dying like 3,800 to 4,000 per day because of the variant. But the people there, see, the people there aren't taking the vaccination because they don't trust their government. They know their government's going to do crap to them because it has been doing crap to them forever, right? Here in America, the government has been doing crap to only a certain group of people forever. But even with that, even with that, you got to take that vaccination because people are dying. And now, it's not even about people dying. It's about your livelihood. You don't take a vaccination, you don't work. And then I guess you say, oh, well, that's just the government. I don't have to work for the government. No, you don't. But pi- private industries, 
are now mandating that their employees take the vaccination. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. People, like I said, I'm not telling you one way or another. I'm just giving you the facts. And with that, that ends up ed. We're going to do our word of the month because it's November and we need a new word, right? I think our word of the month this, this month should be prayer. And I think I'm using it as for it to be prayer because we only have this month and next month before the year is done, right? We're already in November. Next month is December and then it's New Year's. So let's start to get ourselves ready for what is ahead, what is to come. And I think prayer is the best place for us to start. So our word of the month is going to be prayer. And as always, I give the meaning and prayer is a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. Now, you know, we don't deal with objects of worship, right? But for those of you who do, I'm not knocking you. Everybody's got to do what they got to do. But prayer is a solemn request for help or an expression of thanks. Okay. And that's what our word of the month is going to be. Prayer. Our promise for this month. Well, not this month. I always say for this month because I get so caught up in the word of the month. Our promise for this week is going to be Psalm 38, 15. In you, O Lord, I do hope you will answer, O my Lord. And with that, I say, have a blessed Sunday. Enjoy your extended day today because we got our time back. Remember, COVID is still out there. Wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance. Be blessed. Be the best you you can be. Go out there. Make next week your power week. Show up. Let your light show up in any place that you are, right? Don't dim your light. When you show up, they should know you're there just when they see you walk through the door because your light brightens the room. And with that, I say, until God brings us together again next week, peace. I thank you for it all. The good, bad, the ugly, great and small. The times of victory and when I fall. I'm so grateful that I'm still standing tall. I thank you for my tears. The pain helped me overcome my fears. You've been good to me down throughout the years. It's a miracle and I'm still standing here. All that I am is because all that you